He's a man of God. I respect him. Amen. Y'all give me undivided attention. Amen. If you're glad you're saved, say amen. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Uh, don't count it lightly in the open door, man. I really appreciate it. I remember the first time your preacher was one of the very first ones uh, when I got called to preach, let me preach my first revival here. I don't know if you remember that or not, but boy, I remember it. Um, and I appreciate that, man. A blessing to the young preacher. Second Corinthians chapter number four tonight. Um, and the preacher asked me, I uh, can't meet and call me uh, one of those days after we were sitting there talking. Well, the Lord assured my heart what to preach on Sunday night. And I like when the Lord does that. This morning I was kind of caught in a rut there, and I felt like I minded God. And I hope somebody got some help this morning. Uh, but I'll say this your preacher has set off the next three days for a, a revival. And let, let, so a lot of us, and listen, I know how it is. I, where I work a, a Monday through Friday job. I wake up 4.30, go to work, get off 2.30, 3 o'clock, get wore out. I told you, preacher, I'm going to try my best to be here each night. I want to see God do something. Uh, but one thing I found out, man, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And one thing I found out, if you really get serious with God, the devil gets serious with you. And if you try to make extra effort, everything that can go wrong will happen this week. I promise you that. Uh, but the devil knows if he can stop you from getting here, you'll miss the blessing. Uh, man, tonight my heart, I could not get away from this thought. I knew this is what God wanted tonight. Second Corinthians chapter number 4, if you don't mind standing for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. I hope I went too long this morning. I tried my best not to look at my watch, but, man, I had good liberty this morning. Good liberty. Amen. Amen. Got, got to the study today. Amen. Started looking over this. God just kept flooding my soul. Don't know how far I'll get. Uh, but I promise I'll mind God. If you got it, say amen. Second Corinthians chapter number 4, the Bible said in verse number 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor having the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. I feel like we're doing Sunday school all over again. Man, he was all over it. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of our Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I love this, verse number 5. For we preach not ourselves. So let me say this. There's a lot of people preaching themselves. One thing I have learned, if you'll hear me pray, I always say 0% man, 100% God. Because listen, folks, there's a lot of people who can do a whole lot better than what I can, but what I've learned is take what I've got, give it to God, and let God use me. Amen? For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, I like this right here, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Notice verse number 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power of God may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not 
destroyed. Father, Father, I love you tonight. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for prayer about this church. Lord, I, Lord, got my Lord's ears wet behind the ear right here behind this pulpit, Lord, many years ago. Well, Brother Jimmy, Lord, saw something in me, Lord. The, Lord, my very first revival I ever preached was right here at this church. And, Lord, I've seen, God, how you done use me, Lord. You put your approval on me. And, God, I don't, I don't thank, Lord, anybody of that. But, God, I thank you for that. Lord, I couldn't go a day, God, without waking up. And, Lord, being in your spirit, Lord, the Bible says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And, God, we try to do that. God, we want to stick with you. God, we know times are getting tough, and, God, we know things are getting hard. It's harder to serve you. Lord, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Lord, to the very last breath, Lord, that you give me on this earth, God, I want to serve you with all fortitude. And, God, just keep going by the grace of God. Lord, I pray, Lord, tonight, God, you put this thing on my heart. And, God, you made it heavy. And, God, I pray that, God, you'll give us understanding to the word of God. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts, God, to receive the word of God. Lord, I pray, God, if they don't see, Lord, I don't want them to see me tonight. Lord, they're missing the point. But, dear God, if they'll see you, Lord, how I lift it up, Lord, things can happen tonight. When I believe with all my heart, God, we're on the little end of something big. God, if we would get open and honest before you. And, God, I'm asking you tonight, God, to do one thing. Break our hearts. God, break us. Lord, I mean that. God, in all sincerity, Lord, my heart needs to be broke. But I pray you'll break us tonight. God, if anything gets accomplished, it will be 0% man, 100% God. In your precious, holy, lovely name I pray, the church said amen. amen. You may be seated. Tonight we find Paul, probably one of my favorite Bible characters in all the word of God, beside Moses, I love Moses, called uh, man, just awesome things he got to see. He got to see the hinder part of God. Got to see God move. But we find with Paul, man, if, uh, listen, if anybody had the right to quit or give up on God, Brother Jimmy, it was this man, Paul. Brother Anthony, if anybody had had the, had the excuse to quit on God, it was Brother Paul. You know what Paul very said in verse number one? By way of introduction, let me show you three things. Number one, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, look at these next three words, we faint not. Let me say in a world of uh, uh, beatings and a world of storms and a world of imprisonment, like I said, if anybody had the right to throw up the towel and give it in, it was Brother Paul. But you know what he said? He said, I've got a ministry from God. And he said, that, you know, I'm going to seek with God no matter what may come. And can I say this? We need some people to keep going on for God. There's a lot of people quitting. There's a lot of mamas and daddies that are tired of being with each other, and they're giving up. You know why? Because nothing's worth fighting for no more. It's a whole lot easier to tuck our tails and run there and just to stick in there and hang on. Ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how hard it may be to serve God, your very best thing you can do, number one, is keep God number one and keep serving Him with all longevity and all life and all strength that you have. I've seen enough people quit. I'm, I'm tired of hearing preachers quitting. I'm tired of seeing mamas and daddies tired of fighting for their homes. Honey, we need some people to keep going on for God. 
Paul said, I got this ministry. You know what? I'm not going to give up. Paul kept going. Listen, this quitting always affects others. One man said this. I love quotes. I'm like my dad. I love them things. Before you give up, think about why you started. Before you want to give up on God, honey, think about why you got in this thing. Not only Paul kept going, I promise I'm going somewhere. Look when you listen to three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Not only did Paul keep going, but Paul knew the gospel. Can I say this? This Bible isn't just supposed to be a little decoration on our desk. Can I get an amen right there? I look at all these super spiritual that we got, preacher, in our, in our days. And, man, you go to their cars. And, man, you'll see that cracked, dusty Bible. They're sitting up there in their, their dash, and they got the bumper sticker that says, hey, I'm with Jesus, and I'm one of them. I got the fish on the car. Hey, I must be super Christian. Let me say this, church. I'm not trying to be uh, mean here, but let me say this is not good enough just sitting on the car dash. This isn't good enough just sitting on the coffee table. When the preacher comes in, this isn't good enough just sitting on the nightstand beside your bed. It's not osmosis. And, man, I wish it would. But that Bible don't suck in. You know what you got to do? It. You got to open it up, and you got to read the Scriptures. You know what the devil is killing us in our Christianity? Keeping our hands full of everything else but the Word of God. I'm going to move on here in a minute, but let me say this. You know, our churches in America, it's the way she is in tonight. This very nice, you know why? There are homes on the verge of busting up. You know why? I just had a call this week. Two teenage girls, one's at 16, and one at 17 years old, slipped out the window and walked around preaching, and the parents can't find them. Ladies and gentlemen, you know why that is? It's because we put God on the shelf, and we want to take care of our lives. We want to figure out our life first, and then we want to put God. Ladies and gentlemen, I promise you, you can chase back those two families. I know them, and I can say it. God is not first in their lives. You know what's controlling those kids' lives? Telephones. Computers. I'm not against it. I've got them. But let me say this. Where we're, going, where we're losing that is getting away from this right here. Grandma, Grandpa, let me ask you a question. Oh, my goodness, this has done got deep right here. This is just supposed to be an introduction. Let me ask you this, Grandma, Grandpa. When's the last time your grandkid has walked in on you with an open Bible? Mom, Dad, when's the last time those kids come around the corner instead of Instead of you fussing about this and fussing about that and wondering, worrying, yourself sick, Daddy, went to the last time that little kid come around the corner and saw Daddy's nose in the Word of God? Mama, when's the last time you got on Facebook and got in the book? Hey, church, you want revival? I'll tell you where it's going to be found. In the Word of God. Say, Jeff, what are you talking about there in verse number 3? But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. I, I preach this an embarrassment, but that was the church I was at. And then people wanted to get saved, started coming down to the altar. I looked around, there was 50, 60, 70-year-old people in that church. It was a crime shame. I asked some of them, I said, hey, can you come help me? They shaved their head no. 
They didn't even know how to take a Bible and lead somebody to Jesus. You know what's going to happen to that church? Think about it. It's not too far away. Why do you think the preacher preaches, hey, get in the book, get in the Bible, because it is the very necessity of our lives. He is the bread of life. You know where the bread of life comes from? The Word of God. There's a lot of people starving spiritually because they're not eating enough. We find that he knew the gospel, but but can I say, he also knew the key for gain is found in verse number 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Let me say this. This is not about me. Man, that's why I have prayer cards back there. I left. You won't find where it says Jeffrey Phillips Ministry on it. You're not going to find it. As long as I got breath in my body, I don't want this thing to be about Jeffrey because, honey, we've missed the point. And if it's about Jeffrey, there's enough preachers going around, got their name tattooed in ministry. Hey, they can have it if they want to. I want to be used by God. I want God to use me. Ladies and gentlemen, can I say you put yourself ahead of God? You're going down a disaster. Path. It's not about us. Paul said, it is Christ Jesus the Lord. I got to look at one day, preacher, we all have flowers in our churches. I mean, you walk into Victor Baptist Church, you walk in the back back there, and whatever time of the season it is, and y'all got them. Preacher, we walk in, man, we're like, wow, that's beautiful. But at what time, preacher, I've ever walked in church and somebody Grab this flower and like, man, wow, preacher, you really hit the jackpot. That pot is beautiful today, preacher. Man, that, that, that flower pot, preacher, you nailed it. Nobody ever receives the flower pot. You know what they see? The product that's in the flower pot. I guarantee you nobody's walked up to you and said, wow, preacher, you, whoever did this, y'all done a good job, whoever doesn't. But nobody ever says, wow, man, our church has got the best flower pot around. Some of you ladies go home, and you got up in your driveway, you got those big concrete things. You set them moms in this time of the year. You set the pansies, and you set all these things. Nobody ever compliments the pot. You know what they compliment? The treasure that's in the pot. I've got a bad, bad thing preaching with People, who's all about the pot? Say, Jeff, what are you talking about? Well, it's me. Look what I can do. Look at me, Lord. Lord. Hey, God, I don't need you, Lord. My family, we don't need you. I've got this, God. Me and my job will get up and go pay the bills. God, I don't need you. Can I, can I bust your bubble tonight? We could not get one foot out of bed except that God lets us put our foot on the ground. Every breath you breathe, every H2O that goes in your body, guess what? Everything you've got is from God. Paul said, look today in verse number 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What's he talking about? Our flesh, our bodies, all the earthen vessels. So Paul is telling me, hey, Jeff, there's something inside of you that people needed to see but beside you. I done messed some of y'all up there. So in other words, God is telling Paul, hey, Paul, you got something inside of you that people need to see, and it's not you. He said we have this treasure 
in an earthen vessel. I, I got to thinking about Brother Paul. And if God would help me, I would give you four things really fast. If God would help us, Paul had a treasure and a partner. Say, Jeff, look what there in verse number eight. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter number nine. Acts chapter number nine. We're going to be going through here four different stages. I want to help you. I promise I'll get somewhere. Acts chapter number 9, look with me in verse number 23. And after that, many days were fulfilled. The Jews took counsel to kill him. But there ran away was not of Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed and joined himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. You say, Jeff, why were they all, all afraid of Brother Saul? I'll tell you why. Just a few days earlier, this man was taking their grandmas and the grandpas and their family members and killing them then for the cause of Christ. If you claim Christ, guess what? Saul was the one to come after you. Saul was the one to come kill you. I promise I'll get somewhere. Some of you are looking at me a little crazy. I promise. Just hang in there. Saul was a man preacher who, who was going around killing people. You say you love Christ? Saul say, all right, that's it, you're gone. So here we find the old people of God were scared to let somebody else in. I want to say this here. Paul found the treasure of a partner. Look with me there in verse number 27. But Barnabas took him. Let me say this right here. We are living... In a generation where we want Christian people, we want our lost, our lost people and our, and our sinners to dress nice, to smell nice, to look nice, to have everything all in place, that's not the way it's going to work. Let me ask you a question. What do you look like and smell like and your breath smell like before you met Christ? I wonder if we were all in suits and ties. I wonder if we looked apart. So here is Saul on the outside, needing a friend, needing somebody to reach out to, a new convert in Christ, and nobody wanted nothing to do with him. But we find in verse number 27, there was a man that wanted to be his friend. Let me say this, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to say to you tonight, there is a treasure and a partner. Can I say this world needs us? Can I say Central and, and Pickens County needs prayer that this church. Listen, we smell our nose up all because they don't look like, I know y'all don't do that, but down there addiction, man, we got people preaching who snuck their nose up thinking they're better than them. Honey, before God found me, I was wretched, I was vile, I was lost, I was on my way to hell. Listen, church, let me tell you, there's people out here that need prayer at this church to be a friend in them. Saul's coming in, man, just got saved, just got knocked off his high horse. And Saul comes in saying, hey, man, I'm a changed man. I'm a new creature in Christ, and nobody wanted nothing to do with him but Barnabas. One man said this, good friends are like stars. You don't always see them, but you know they're there. Dad's always said if you have a friend, and that friend knows everything about you, the good, the bad, the ugly, and they're still your friend, you got a friend. I wonder how many true friends we have. I remember growing up in middle school, I thought everybody was my friend. 
I was the bowling ball. I was the big dude. Nobody want to mess with me. They I, they wanted me on their side. I, you know, I thought everybody wanted me. I wonder how many true friends do I have in this day and hour. Let me say this. It's not their fault. It's my fault. I wanted to know who in this community needed you and you wasn't there for them. And they will no longer darken the doors of the church because we wouldn't reach out a helping hand. Instead, we pointed fingers. Let me tell you, church, once you want to see revival, you're going to be a friend to somebody. You're going to be a friend to a sis you know that's hurting in church. You other ladies in here know a lady that's struggling. You go up to her and don't bash her. Come on now. Don't hate on her. Don't discourage her. Go up to her and tell you, hey, sis, I love you. I'm praying for you. You've got a man in here that's struggling. You're at your job. And man, I, man, we see this all the time. I'm trying to move on. But we find people that see and preach in the church. And there's one family, man, just a few weeks ago, that dad had to deal with something. And now, man, they'll up their noses up, thinking, oh, they deserve that. They deserve that. But how do you let it hit their house? And they'll be mad as the wet hit somebody talks about them. Can I say this? We're not enemies with one another. This world, listen, we got to live in it, but we don't got to be of it. But can I say this world needs another church as a friend in Christ? Paul said, I found a treasure of a partner. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 15. Acts chapter number 15, we find where Paul said, hey, we were perplexed, but not in despair. He said, we're perplexed, but not in despair. If I get no farther than this right here, I really want, want you to grab a hold of this tonight. There's the treasure of a partner found in Acts chapter number 9. But there is treasure of patience found in Acts chapter number 15. Catch with me, verse number 36. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city, where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas was determined to take with him John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul found not good to take with him, who departed from Catholia, and went not with them to work. Now notice verse 39. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. We find when they see men, nobody else wanted Saul, Barnabas picked him up. But now it comes time in their life where now they're both serving God. And could you imagine, man, you can read the chapters before Paul and Barnabas, man, they're, man they're, they had it going on like Donkey Kong. Man, the Bible's breaking out. God's heading to the church. But now it comes time where two people wanted to do two separate things. They, Paul wanted to do his life, and Barnabas wanted to do his life. But can I say there's only one way to do things, and that's God's way. Amen. Say, Jeff, what do you find? Look with me at verse 39. And the contention was so sharp between them. I don't want to linger here long. I want to say this really fast. If anybody in this world should get along, it should be the people of God. I know you probably don't have this problem here, and that's a blessing. But for everywhere else in the United States, you realize tonight there are church members sitting on this side of the pew that has brother over there. And they can't even stand to look at him because of what he's done. 
I know y'all don't have that here. You got a good church and everything's hunky dory, but God wants me to say this right here. Let me say this, church. God will never bless over a mess. Here's these two people serving, two men of God. You know what happens? Something gets stuck in between them and causes them both to go two different directions. You know who's right in the middle of that? The devil. Let me ask you this. Let's go a step farther. Maybe somebody in your family has done you wrong. They said something. I know that don't happen to y'all, but the Phillips family, it happens 24-7. We're all the time, preacher, making phone calls, trying to stop hurt feelings. Y'all, anybody else like that? Wait, wait, wait. Take a pacifier. Say amen. That's what I feel like telling them sometimes. But I wonder who's hurt us in our family that we no longer talk to. I know you don't have this here. I'm just saying it. But preacher, I wonder somebody's family members doesn't hurt you. And what you do and you holding on to that and you will not let it go. And let me say this. Don't expect God to bless you with a mess you're in. Preacher, we want revival. Preacher, we want to see God move. I tell you how to get it fixed. Get that thing made right. With each other. Let me say this now. I want to move on. I really do. Preacher, it's a crying shame. Number one, we can't even get the people in the house of God to love each other. But it's a totally different thing. You can't even get people who were born in the, from the same mom and dad to get along. I got uncles that hate my dad. They hate him. I can see why sometimes, but I guess. But something preached way back when, when they was a little kid. I'm trying to mind God right here. I really want to get past this because this is tough. Y'all don't, if you don't, you don't think you need to try preaching it. Preacher, there's my uncle's hold stuff from my dad from way back when he was a teenager. They hold that against him, and they won't even say hey. He go out there and try to, man, talk to him. They'll cuss him out. I know y'all don't have family like that. I know all y'all get along with everybody. Nobody's mad at each other. But can I say this? Don't expect God to bless this week and do big things until that contention gets fixed. Let me say this. If two men of God had contention against one another, and we've seen it in Pickens County, you can't even get how many 40-something preachers together because somebody's mad at so-and-so. And we got people dying and going to hell. Let me ask you this tonight. What's that you're holding on to? Somebody said something. One man said this, people who lash out and hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. I got a hold of that one day in my study. C.H. Spurgeon said that. He said people that lash out at us and they try to hurt us, they're hurting on the inside of themselves. Paul wanted his way. Barnabas wanted his way. You know what happened? The contention, man, I can't get over that word. The contention was so sharp. You know what happened, Paul C. Barnabas? Whatever. Talk to the hand. I don't even want to talk to you. And yet we profess we're supposed to be saved. Let me say this. I dare say a lot of our family members won't come to Christ because of the way we treat them. Preacher, I wonder how many family members won't won't talk to Jeff no more because of stuff I said and things I treat. You say, Jeff, 
Sticks and stones may never break my bones, but words will never harm me. Whoever come up with that was absolutely 100% crazy stupid. Somebody say amen. Crazy. Say, Jeff, my words ain't that powerful. I'm glad you told me that. James chapter number 3, verse number 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, falls the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Anybody ever said something they shouldn't have? And instantly regretted it? You know what happens when you say something out of anger? It turns into danger. Dad's always said this, anger is one letter away from danger. Paul is telling us there's treasure of patience. Paul didn't leash out. Paul didn't act out. Paul didn't immediately say something. You know, we in open mouth and insert foot. We say something, somebody does us wrong. You know, we are just afraid I'm going to get them. i tell you what, I'm going to text all the in-laws and outlaws. I'm going to tell them what you did, and they're not even going to like you no more. And the whole time, man, that thing's going around. That thing, and you profess to be a child of God. You come to prayer about this church. I know you thought we was going to shout tonight, but we will if we get our hearts right with God. The contention was so sharp between men. I believe the number one reason, preacher, why revival is being stayed off America is because people won't get right with people. I believe with all my heart, people will get right with God. I believe that. I don't, I don't believe nobody wants God against them, but I do believe, preacher, we have preachers, people so full of pride that people will get right with God, but people won't get right with people. I've seen it down through my days, and since you have to being a preacher's kid, people who say they love your daddy and your mama, and it's really, you, you'll make a fat boy mad, talk about my daddy and my mama. That gets me stingy, son. Them very same people walking here and preaching, they say, oh, I love you, best preacher in the world. And the very moment they got to stab you in the back, they'll do it. You, listen, my dad's always said this, he needs a couple of hunting dogs in the church. I sniff out them wolves. Boy, some new people start coming to church. Hey, sis, I want to get up close to them. Hey, sis, how you doing? Where you work at? Hey, brother, how are you? I want to be close to them, man. Listen, and you know this to be the fact. There's been times preaching when you stand for what's right and you do what's right and you still got people talking about you and leash out at you and your family and then you're trying to serve God. You get up here and preach and it's drier than cracker juice and you don't to tell you what's going wrong. Can I say this tonight? If you got anything against this man or that woman back there, you better get that thing right tonight, right now. God forbid somebody has something wrong. But listen, honey, for the longest time in my life, my dad had a man in his church. I'm moving on, I promise, after I say this. For the longest time in my about three years, I went to dad's church and preacher. There was a man that sat on the very front row. Boy, he got under my skin. Made me mad. Didn't do nothing, but I just didn't like him. The devil put a little something in my mind, and it, it started planting into my heart. Man, I preach, I walk into church, and I see that man. I say, I think I can take him. I think I'm big enough to have my big boy boots on today. I'm going to knock him out. He get there and shout, and I'm like, I'm going to get him. 
Let me say this. That was not a thing wrong with, he was, with what he was doing. You know what the problem was? Bitterness set up in my heart. I'm trying to move on. I promise you I am. I'm trying. Bitterness set in my heart. Preacher, I'd come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and I'd sit there, and every time that man get up and testify, boy, God's been good to me. I said, yeah, you wait that's the church. I'll show you how good God's been to you. I'm the preacher's kid. I, I was saved. And then preach, I'm over there. I'm like, I don't want to tear him up. I just want to knock him out. Son, the Holy Ghost of God. I was about 21 years old. That's when you become a man, I guess, by the way. I'm not sure the whole definition of all that. That's what my teenagers used to tell me. Once I turned 21, I'm a man. I said, well, good job. Preacher, I'll never forget one Sunday morning. Boy, got out of the banks. We didn't even get to go to Sunday school. And I watched that man go to the altar. I ain't going to lie to you, my flesh, preacher, I want to come behind, I just want to kick him, boom, kick him like, I was mad, boy, I was mad. Bitterness will make you do things you never thought of before. Somebody say amen right there. Make you think things you never think, thought before. Well, I was mad at that man, and he didn't do nothing. The Holy Ghost said, Jeffrey, it's now or never. Jeffrey, you're going to either go get it right or my hand's going to be gone off of you. All right, Lord, I'll go play with him. That's, that's what I'll do. I knelt beside him. I said, brother, I'm, I'm praying for you. He said, for what? I was going to play with you. So I started praying. I didn't know what to pray, Lord. Lord, beat him up. God, do something. And so I about got up, and he said, is there something you want to say? Yes, sir, there is. He's about 20 years older than I am. He's he big dude. I'm a big dude. Preacher God humbled me that morning. I I grabbed that man, and I took him back there in that Sunday school. You look at Dad's church, there's a Sunday school wing that goes off right there. My mom, her, her Sunday school class right there, preacher, I got on my hands and knees. He was standing there, and he bowed down to a knee. I grabbed him. I hugged his neck as hard as I could. I said, man, I'm sorry. He said, for what? I said, man, I've been having contention with you. Man, it's so sharp, I can't, I can't even look at you. Every time you shout, it makes me mad. There's bitterness in my heart towards you. And here's what the man said. Jeffrey, I never would have knew it. Can I be honest with you tonight? Preacher, that night I felt God so strong in my life that I've never felt before. It was like the hand of God just crushed my soul. God got that bitterness in my heart, and man, man just took that thing out and planted peace there and love and mercy. And then I hugged that God's neck. So I come out, they were still hooping and hollering out there. So I come out just a bawling. Daddy said, you all right? You get saved. I said, I didn't have that one, praise God. I said, I had to get things right. And, honey, I feel, I feel God like there. It was right then. And the peace of God, I feel God. Listen, church, don't leave tonight. Don't go the rest of the week. Mad and bitter and, and expect God to move. Mama, if you're mad at daddy, you better get that thing right. Kids, if you're mad at your parents, you better get that thing right. And if you're mad at somebody tonight, you better give it to God. You better let God handle it. And don't let bitterness rob you of the peace and the love and the joy God can give you. Don't tell him what God wants to do. Don't tell him what God would do tonight. If mamas would get in this altar and say, Dear God, I am 
Sunday and every Sunday night with that thing still in your heart. That family member, they done you wrong. They talk about your family mama. They talk about your family, sir. And son, you mad. You just want to get after them. Can I say what would be a whole better job of doing that? It's just God got after them. And God did a work in their heart. Getting these and never fixed anything. Somebody hear me tonight. Getting even never fixed anything, but giving it to God fixed it all. Paul had a treasure of patience. Let me say this tonight. I'll skip down to my last one. Boy, God said something right there. Acts chapter number 27. Say, preacher, I want God to move. Well, I need some prayers answered in my life. I'll tell you what needs to happen. Uh, my, my niece, this is going to sound really worldly right here, but they watched that movie, Frozen. Anybody ever seen that beside me? Hope they'll take out a few hands. I don't feel too kind of crazy up here. Preacher, I was, I was with them teenagers one time, and I just sat there and watched that movie, Frozen, with my little niece. Son, God gave me a five, five-week outline on the movie, Frozen. I'm about to go super spiritual right here. The whole movie frozen, this little girl gets a problem with her heart, and she becomes cold. Everything she touches turns to ice. Son, God gave me a message about having a cold heart. What this girl does, I ain't going to try to pronounce her name because I can't, she goes up in this castle, and she creates things that charges people that love her, people that want to do things in her life to help her. Man, it stops. She builds this big old snow monster. Her sister tries to come up. You know what she does? The very person she loves, she wanted to destroy now. Why? Because her heart was different. Let me say this. Let me say this right here. A bitter, cold heart. You'll do things and you'll say things to people that you really don't mean to. That bitter, cold heart will make you do things to the very people you love. Your man of God gets up here and preaches, and you get a bitter, cold heart of him. God forbid if you do. This man of God is your pastor, and he preaches the Bible. I know he does. But he'll say something from the Bible, and it just don't set good with you. And you'll come in with a bitter heart toward this man of God, and guess what? You're no longer receiving what the shepherd has. That cold heart set in. Now that very same preacher, you say, hey, preacher, I love you. Now you want to get him. Jeff, that never happened. I've seen it way too many times. See, if you don't mind, come to the piano if you don't mind. Don't let a contentious heart stop this church from seeing the move of God. You'll find in Acts 27, 
Acts 27, verse number 44, whenever you're ready, you play. You'll find where Brother Paul was a prisoner on a ship. Brother Paul was, was the bad guy in a situation. You'll find where the word of God comes and said, Hey, Paul, things have got to be broken apart before revival ever breaks out. You'll find over there on the island of Lisa, there's man, these, these bad guys that needed, they needed God, these barbaric people. They needed God. And can I say the only way that those people got revival is you'll read it there in Acts 27, verse 44, and some on boards and some on broken pieces of shit. Let me say this tonight. Paul said, we are the vessel. Brother Jimmy, you're a vessel. That could be used by God. For the dentist, you're a vessel. That could be used by God. Ladies, tonight you're a vessel that could be used by God. Man, a lot of treasure on the inside of us, man. It's, man, there's some good stuff. Man, we got the joy. We got, man, we got peace. We got happiness. Man, we got all these things inside of us that, man, that people need to see. Amen. Amen. But you know what happened? If you keep that vessel put together, nobody's ever going to see the treasure. If he was real, I would not be here tonight. I promise you. Do you know what people want to see? They want to see the treasure that you got. I mean, what them kids are looking for? They're tired of looking at the outside. What they're looking for? They're looking for that Jesus you got on the inside. And can I say this? If that treasure is ever going to be brought out, you know what has to happen? That vessel has to be broke. You dads in here, I'm sure one day you'd love to take those kids and lead them to Jesus. What an awesome opportunity that would be. But can I say this? I wonder, do they see more of you or do they see more of Jesus? Mama, I wonder if those kids, do they see more of you or more of Jesus? Grandma and Grandpa, I wonder tonight, does those grandkids see more of you or more of Jesus? You know what it's going to take for you, for this place to see God move? I'll tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take some people to get over how they feel, to get over what, what well, that's embarrassing. You know what it's going to take for Prayer Baptist Church to see revival? It's going to take for some people to get broken. Nobody wants to do it. We ain't got time. Well, Jeff, it's, it's already 7.05. Jeff, we got to hurt and get out of here. You want those grandkids saved? I'll tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take a grandma and a grandpa to get broken. Mom, Dad, you want to see those kids serve God? I tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take some people to get broke. You know what Paul said, come to the conclusion? He said, we are treasure and earthen vessels. And the only way this community, your family, is going to see Christ, it's going to take some people in Prayer Baptist Church to get broke. I promise you, church, there's things on the inside of us there's treasure on the inside of us that we need to display. I believe God's placed salvation in some people's hearts, but nobody can't see it. 
because we don't we don't want to be broken. Preacher, I can't tell you the last time I saw a family cry and weep and not get up from the altar for a family member. I can't tell you the last time I went to church and saw a church family gather around the altar. Say, Brother Jimmy, I refuse to get up until God sends us a move of God. Can I say this? We can do the same. We can be stagnant if we want to. There's treasure in earthen vessels. Heads bowed and eyes closed. We're all standing preaching and come. I wonder tonight. I wonder. Maybe you got something to get somebody. It's a sign that thing's haunting you. Let me tell you what you do. You get right with God. You get right with others. You need to go to somebody tonight and you need to tell them you're sorry. You know, it takes a big person to do that. But you know what that proves? Hey, I care more about the treasure than I do the vessel. You mind God tonight. 